Welcome back to the Women's Wellness Podcast by the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative. This is a podcast where we talk about women's health needs throughout every stage of life, from young women through to midlife women, women's health after a cancer diagnosis, and women who are living with type 2 diabetes or heart disease. On this podcast, you'll hear from some of the world's leading researchers in women's health. I'm Professor Deborah Anderson, the founder and director of the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative and Dean of the Faculty of Health at the University of Technology, Sydney, Australia. I've spent my career dedicated to helping women be the best that they can be. Today on the podcast, I'll be speaking with Dr. Amanda Maguire from Griffith University in Queensland and Professor Sally Inglis from the University of Technology, Sydney. Both researchers are from Australia. Amanda is a nurse academic with extensive clinical experience in cardiac nursing and her research interest in prevention of cardiovascular disease risk factors in women is profound. I've worked closely with Amanda for many years and she's been a key contributor to the women's wellness research programs and indeed to the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative as a whole. Warm welcome, Amanda. Thanks, Deb. Good to be here. I've also been fortunate to have worked with Sally since joining the University of Technology, Sydney. Sally is a Heart Foundation Future Leader Fellow and her research interests are chronic cardiovascular diseases, in particular heart failure. Sally's program of research focuses on the use of digital health technologies and telehealth to support people with cardiovascular disease to better care for themselves and have better health outcomes through education and health monitoring. Welcome, Sally. Thanks very much, Debbie. I'm really pleased to be here today. So today we're going to be talking about heart health and cancer and heart health and women in general. And what I'd like to do is start talking and think about heart health in general for women in particular and ask you, Sally, why do we need to talk about women and heart health? Thanks, Debbie. Women's cardiovascular health is really important because cardiovascular disease is actually a leading cause of death and disability for both men and for women. Unfortunately, a lot of attention really seems to be focused in the mainstream media and amongst the community around the cardiovascular risk and disease for men, but it's really important for women. So at all ages, women can have a risk of a cardiovascular event, and these could include things like a heart attack or a stroke but also other things that increase their risk of future events, such as hypertension, high cholesterol. And there are also some other unique issues for women that are related to hormones, but also other cardiovascular conditions, such as coronary artery dissections, which occur more frequently in women than they do in men. So at all ages, it's really important. We know that pregnancy can also be a cause for increase in cardiovascular risk factors. And some women in pregnancy can have really high blood pressure. They can also have diabetes and this can put them at risk of future cardiovascular events, but also increase their cardiovascular risk overall. So it's really important that women are aware of their heart health at all ages and take steps to reduce their cardiovascular risk. Um, thanks, Sally. It sounds like a really important topic and very topical, I think, we're seeing with more women, particularly midlife women, dying from heart disease and heart attacks. These things can come out of the blue completely and they can be very sudden and unexpected. And it's very shocking when we hear about people, you know, having not had really much history of heart disease and all of a sudden, you know, their, their families' lives and, and their communities, you know, completely upended when an acute event happens and either that person suffers a major cardiovascular event 
and their life is sort of transformed as they journey back to good health or otherwise there might be a sudden death and that's really tragic. So it is really important that we do look and keep at the forefront of our minds the cardiovascular health of women because not only is it important for individual women but because women are so integral across so many different parts of our society through families, supporting, being carers, the ripple effect of a cardiovascular event, you know, for a woman is, is quite far reaching. So it does have a big societal impact. We always hear about cardiac events in men. Is it a bit different for women than men in the way that they have heart attacks? That's a really great question, Debbie. We know that women's, how they physically experience the symptoms or signs of a heart attack can be different to that how men. We often see, you know, portrayed in movies and things, you know, men suddenly clutching at their chest and, you know, very overt symptoms of chest pain. That is not always the case and quite frequently it's not for women. It's a little bit more subtle. So it can be, you know, sort of a discomfort in the chest. It can be feeling nauseous. It can be feeling just a general feeling that something is not quite right. And so because these signs and symptoms can be a bit more subtle for women, this is why we need to make sure that women are well aware that they can be at risk of an acute or, a, you know, event like a heart attack. So that when these things happen, they're switched on to thinking, is this my heart? What do I need to do? And for all of these things, you know, that action needs to be taken really quickly because time is really essential. Thanks, Sally. Amanda, from your experience, do you see such a difference as well in, in your nursing experience? Yes, absolutely, Deborah. And, and I think just to emphasise really what Sally said, so women experience heart disease quite differently to men, not only in those you know, initial symptoms that indicate they might have a problem with their cardiovascular or particularly their heart health, but we also know that women, when they arrive at hospital, they often arrive later because of those, those symptoms are different and they often don't recognise what's going on. So we, you know, there's pretty good research that women are often not treated quite the same way uh, medically when they arrive at a hospital and also their experience recovering and undergoing rehabilitation from heart attack or other cardiac conditions is their experience is different and their needs are different and their they experience different barriers, I guess, in terms of their recovery. So all those factors make it more challenging for women, A, to identify those initial symptoms and relate them to this might be my heart health. But then when they are diagnosed, their experience of, of that is quite different to men. So very important that women are aware of their risk. And staying on with you, Amanda, I think Sally did touch on it, but is, is this something that older women really need to look out for? Is it something that could happen with younger women? So we, we do know that women tend to get heart disease later than men, and that's related to the onset of menopause. So the hormone estrogen tends to protect women, younger women from heart disease, but then once you reach menopause and those levels of estrogen drop, your risk of heart disease goes up. And that can be related to changes that we know happen around that time. We tend to put on weight, especially around the middle. And there can be some changes in things like our blood pressure would tend to go up then and changes in our cholesterol levels, which all contribute to increasing our risk at that time of life around menopause. So again, it's that experience for women is quite different. And so our risk goes up as we age. And in fact, 
know that although the onset is later, women's outcomes, health outcomes, once they're diagnosed with heart disease are actually not as good as men. So it's all the more reason, I guess, to be aware of this risk, risk of heart disease. Sally, in your experience, have you come across younger women also who've had heart disease and does it look different? Yeah, look, I think the um, thing is for a lot of women, you know, sometimes it's not until they get into to older age, as Amanda has just said, around menopause that really we start to think about that change in their underlying cardiovascular risk because of the changes of estrogen and hormones. But there are, there are conditions, obviously, that happen to women at younger ages. And as I've sort of mentioned, you know, we can have sort of increased blood pressure in pregnancy for some women, gestational diabetes, but also there are conditions such as what's a large technical term. It's something we call a SCAD, which is a spontaneous coronary artery dissection. And it's actually where one of the coronary arteries actually splits open. And this is a sort of a very big emergency event that when it happens, but it can happen in younger women than your typical heart attack that might occur in women as they are older. So as a younger woman myself, I would stress that really, you know, heart health is something that all women at all ages need to be aware of and not just sort of waiting until we, you know, get to that menopause stage and thinking, okay, now I'll start thinking about my heart health. Even if you, you know, haven't experienced any pregnancy related issues, but being mindful that as you age, that, you know, your body as well, there could be things that are happening there. And, you know, that's why it's really important to keep a really healthy lifestyle. I like to think of doing everything sort of in balance. You know, you don't need to go to one extreme or the other. So, you know, making sure you're eating lots of healthy food, doing some exercise, trying to keep your stress levels, you know, at a manageable level, which with everything we've all got going on can be quite tricky. So just being aware of these factors that come into play in terms of our cardiovascular health. And they could be things that relate to a shorter term risk. So something that might happen in the next few years, or they could be things where if we don't get these controllable factors under control at an earlier age, they really set us up for worse sort of cardiovascular health as we do get older. So I think it is an important message for all women from a young age. And, and we do know, you know, there's a lot of research being done. We know that, you know, cardiovascular risk really starts from childhood around diet and exercise. So it's not something that sort of switches on at a particular age. And up until that point, there is no, you know, consideration of cardiovascular risk. It's a whole life journey of managing your cardiovascular risk. And that's a responsibility for all of us, not just women, but trying to make those healthy choices because it's going to benefit you, you know, at some point in your life, those choices that you've made perhaps much earlier on in your life. So, so you're saying at a younger age, you can put in place those preventative things to be able to not be at high risk at that as you get older. In fact, what you're talking about happened to a really good friend of mine in her early 50s. She had that bifurcation. She's a teacher. She is still alive, thankfully, and decided that she needed to finish off the marking first. So she went home and did the marking and then she wanted to make the kids lunches because they needed to be done for the next day. And then by the time her husband came home and said, get to the hospital, she had actually had quite a severe heart attack. And uh, it was just exactly what you and Amanda are saying is that Often as women too, we tend to think, oh, it's just this, it's going to go away. And it was only when it became so acute that she was bent over that she finally went to the hospital. And I think that's a good message for women to really look out for those 
signs and respond to them at an early stage, but also think about what we can do earlier in life to stop it later in life. It's really interesting and very important for women. What is the incidence of having heart disease in women? Does anyone, Sally or Amanda, do you have any thoughts on what it's looking like for Australian women? Well, we do have some information, which is Australian population data from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. And we know that, you know, the risk of having a heart attack or acute sort of cardiovascular event obviously does increase with age for both men and for women. But we know that, you know, five out of every 100,000 women who are aged 25 to 34, so really young, can experience an acute heart event. But this increases, you know, for women who are aged 85 and older, so, you know, much older, you know, it increases actually to about 2,100 per 100,000 women. So it's not to say that there isn't a risk. It's just the risk gets increases significantly as you get older. But even in that really young age group, we see events happening. And we know also from Australian data that of women who are aged between 45 and 74, so really at the peak of working, doing jobs, managing children, older parents, all of those busy things, that around 14% of women are in the high risk category to have a heart attack over the next five years. So that's a really large number. And not all those women may be aware of that risk. So this is something that we need to be mindful of. And we know that every day in Australia, 20 women die as a result of cardiovascular disease. These are really concerning numbers. The other thing, Debbie, to touch on your point around younger women is we know that for younger women, we are seeing you know, or we've observed some increases in smoking rates for younger women. And whilst over the last decade or two, we've really reduced the smoking level across our population. Look, smoking is a really big risk factor for cardiovascular disease and a heart attack. So not smoking, quitting smoking, if you, if you are smoking, is really one of the best things you can do for your cardiovascular health. And if you're a young woman, don't start smoking. It's not a good decision in terms of your cardiovascular health for your lifetime. We know that, that smoking is a, just a, a really big risk factor for heart disease, as well as a whole variety of other chronic conditions such as cancer and lung conditions. So, you know, that's a, that's a really important piece of advice. And because we have seen those increased rates in younger women. Yeah, thanks, Sally. And Amanda, on that, why do we need to talk about women's heart health after cancer? So what's that about? So I guess there are a number of risk factors, Deb, for heart disease. So I guess if we're talking about cancer, risk after cancer specifically, I think we also need to mention that the risk factors, some risk factors for heart disease are things we can't change, like our family history and our age. But there are also, we've been talking about what we call modifiable risk factors, which are things like smoking, nutrition, our alcohol intake, and also being physically active. So they're those modifiable risk factors. So something that does put women at risk who've been treated for cancer, or I guess that does increase our risk having been treated for cancer. It depends on the treatment, the type of cancer, and it also depends on the type of treatment that you may have received. For example, if women who've received chemotherapy, they may go into an early menopause. So I talked earlier about how our, our risk of heart disease goes up around that time. So if you're put into early menopause through chemo treatment, then your risk of heart disease, you can then experience those symptoms of menopause like weight gain, changes in your cholesterol, changes in your blood pressure, which can bring on 
that risk of heart disease or increase that risk. Uh, so certainly it depends on the type of cancer and on the type of treatment received, but we do know that women who've had that chemotherapy for different types of cancers, that will increase their risk. So as if you haven't had enough to deal with having had treatment for cancer, your, you know, your risk of other chronic diseases like heart disease and also type 2 diabetes can unfortunately increase around that time. So I guess, how can we manage that? That's the key message I think we want to get through. There are, heart disease is preventable. So by managing those behavioural risk factors, those things in our, factors in our lifestyle that we do have control over can make a big difference. And sometimes that can be a bit daunting, but it's about making small goals for yourself, making small incremental changes in your life, in your, in your diet, eating more veggies, moving more, starting to walk, finding an activity that you really enjoy and, and starting to make those, those changes that will improve our heart health and reduce our risk. I know you've been involved, Amanda, with the women's wellness programs um, and we have adapted the women's wellness program for women after cancer. And it really sounds like to me, we really need to consider looking at uh, women after heart disease as well and after a heart incident. I know yeah. we touch on it with the Women's Wellness After Cancer Program, but specifically with those uh, midlife women. Is that something you're considering in your next research? Yes, absolutely, Debbie. Yes, we've worked in the Women's Wellness Program. We've worked with you on adapting the women's, the original Women's Wellness Program, which was designed for midlife women living in the community, not with any illness, but adapting that we've adapted that program for women who've had cancer, also for women living with type 2 diabetes. So I think there's also the exciting prospect of adapting that original program for women living with heart disease. And I think potentially an adapted program could be used for women in what we call cardiac rehabilitation maintenance. So this is not replacing existing cardiac rehab programs, but to actually support women to maintain good health, uh, living with heart disease and improve their quality of life and reduce their risk of uh, further problems from living with a heart disease. Yeah, thanks. And Sally, your work couldn't be more topical with um, COVID and we've all been locked down in the pandemic. And you've got some really interesting research going on with around the use of heart health technology to support people with heart failure. Can you tell us how you think technology can support women who have had heart disease? Absolutely. Look, I've been working in this area or, you know, leading research in the area of sort of digital health and telehealth to support people with cardiovascular disease for about 20 years. And so when COVID came along and there was a sort of very rapid uptake of telehealth, it was sort of like all of my dreams had come true overnight. But I think there's still some work for us to do, you know, around the research in terms of making sure that we're using these uh, digital health tools to the, suit the best patients and doing it, you know, in a way that's based in the research evidence. So, you know, there's still a lot of work for me to do in this space. What I really like about digital health and technology and telehealth is its ability to actually keep us connected to our healthcare teams and to be supported. And it really overcomes any barriers around, you know, geography, but also as women, we all lead really busy lives. We're trying to juggle far too many things all in one day. And the benefit of telehealth and, and digital health is that we can probably, for a little less than we probably should, but, you know, we can multitask. So, you know, rather than taking a whole day to attend 
an appointment where perhaps we don't need to do that appointment face to face. Maybe it is just to check in, you know, asking for a new prescription, asking some really important questions, but it doesn't require a physical face to face interaction with a clinician. So telehealth allows all women as well as men and the rest of the community to be able to have better access to healthcare. And as I said, I've been really passionate about the ability of telehealth to provide specialist services. So specialist, particularly heart failure, but specialist cardiovascular services to people who live outside of our big metropolitan areas where, you know, we have fairly good access to GPs, cardiologists, cardiac rehabilitation services. But for people who live in rural and remote Australia, having to attend one of these services often is a whole day's drive or maybe an overnight stay, and they just don't have the same level of access. So telehealth is a way for us to actually get our specialist services out to people who really do need them and to make sure everyone has fair access to you know, specialist services. So that's what really drives my research program. I think there's a lot of value for, for women for that as well, because we can do it while we're managing to do other things. We don't have to take as much time off work. And I'm really hoping that we can harness the value of telehealth and use it in the right way to really support people who need this additional help and support and to increase access to cardiovascular care. Thanks, Sally. It's just really topical. And I think that there's such an opportunity there to, to continue with digital health with women and heart disease. What's something futuristically you think we could do for women if we uh, were able? Amanda, did you want to maybe comment on that? Futuristic? Oh, that's a good question, Deb. Well, I think just we need to be innovative in the way that we approach care. And I think delivering care out to people in their homes, as Sally's saying, with telehealth, but also making the most of our different health disciplines. So I think, you know, nurses and allied health can really show the lead or lead the way in designing and innovating in this space, but also gathering through research a good evidence for the effectiveness of new approaches. So I think in some ways, as Sally said, you know, COVID has been, you know, for all the negatives about COVID, it has opened the way for increased use of telehealth and video health and really thinking in different ways about how we deliver care, uh, thinking outside the box, if you like. So I think that, you know, there's some benefits, I guess, about COVID in terms of looking forward, how we can do things differently and particularly reaching out to women and and we know through the work we've done in the women's wellness research program that women love that flexible approach they they love it when we can deliver services even outside the usual office hours you know of nine to five being able to reach out to people in their homes early in the morning or in the evening so i think that's in terms of women and heart health and women's recovery after heart disease that's what women want they want that flexible approach and they want things that are tailored for their needs so i guess that's another area of innovation that i think is needed is really tailoring the way we deliver care specifically to women for women and it's not a one-size-fits-all so what works for men doesn't necessarily work for women in terms of things like cardiac rehab, women don't necessarily want to attend a mixed gym with men and women present. They, they want something tailored for them that meets their needs, that they're comfortable to attend and follow through and recover. And that's the same in the prevention space too. Women want things that are a good fit, fit for purpose for them, tailored for them. 
Yeah, thanks, Amanda. And I can always remember a woman on our Women's Wellness After Cancer program saying that a good time would be to have have a consultation with the nurse was, you know, at four o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon because she could go to the rugby field. Her son was doing rugby training in front and she could do the consultation on the iPad with the nurse. So um, you're absolutely right, you know, and I think the work that both you and Sally are doing really is so vital and important as we move forward to be able to really bring women and heart disease into the arena um, as we move forward futuristically. And it's uh, researchers like yourselves that are going to uh, pave that way for us, I truly believe. Sally, do you have a take-home message for women who might be listening to this podcast and are thinking, am I at risk of heart disease? What are the signs and what should I do? What, what would you be telling that woman who might be, you know, 47 here listening to the podcast and thinking, so what now? Look, uh, it's really important. I, you know, as women, sometimes we put all the other things going on in our lives and all the other people in our lives at the top of our priority list. And we leave ourselves right till the very end of that list. I think, you know, recent events that have happened in our community, as well as, you know, all of the health impacts that we've all been through and stress of, of COVID really flags that for all women, we need to move this right to the very top of our list. Now, as a Heart Foundation supported researcher, I have a lot to do with the Heart Foundation and I've been supported by them throughout my research program. And, you know, they've been a great organisation to really partner with to get these messages out. So my advice and what I would really ask all women to do is to jump on the Heart Foundation website. There is pages there of information that is specific to women that gives really good, clear information at all different ages around cardiovascular health for women. It also has some really great information around walking groups that you can actually join. So, you know, if you want to get started with exercise, but you're just not sure or you don't feel safe and comfortable doing it on your own, across Australia, the Heart Foundation actually organises walking groups that you can sign up to. So you can have a group of people to walk with if you don't have a friend or a colleague that lives close to you that, that can go on a walk with you. The other thing is with the Heart Foundation is that they've worked really hard over the last few years to get support from the government through Medicare for what they call is a heart health check. So this is a really important message for all Australians, for both men and for women. Australians who are aged 45 years and older, and for an Indigenous Australians who are aged 30 years and older, you can actually book in at your GP for a Medicare-funded heart health check. And this is an actual particular appointment that you request when you ring up the GP practice and you say, I'd like to book in for a Medicare heart health check. And the GP will go through a series of questions with you around your history, your family history, and we'll also do some simple measurements like your blood pressure. They might refer you on for some simple tests, like maybe a blood test or an ECG. And then what this information that the GP collects is that they're able to then look at the individual person's risk of having a cardiovascular event over the next five years and if your risk is deemed, you know, low, you might be given some information around healthy diet. If you're in a more moderate to higher risk category, then the GP will look at potentially starting some medications with you that will actually help to lower your risk of a cardiovascular event in addition to making those changes to your lifestyle. So my advice is to book in for a heart health check go and have a look around on the Heart Foundation website. There's even some amazing pages with great healthy recipes 
I know I've utilized that source for, you know, cooking family meals for a number of years. So even just if you're looking for some healthy food inspiration, there's a wealth of information there. And I think the other thing is, you know, talking about women and cancer, as Amanda has said, cardiovascular risk is something that we all need to pay attention to, no matter what other health conditions we have going on. But also there are particular things around how cancer is treated and some particular cancers that actually might have a physical impact on people's cardiovascular system that might put them at a particular high risk. So for women who have undergone cancer treatment, I would also recommend speaking to your GP and saying, what does this mean for me? I've had cancer treatment. What does it mean for my heart health? But also for women who are undergoing cancer treatment is to actually speak with your oncology team and saying, what does this all mean for my heart health? What do I need to know after my cancer treatment in relation to my cardiovascular health? And this is an area where there is a lot more research being done, but it's really important for women to know, to just ask those questions and then they'll get more information that comes back to them that is based on their own individual situation. Really good. And a final question to you, Amanda, just around focusing on those women who have had cancer treatment and with heart health. Have you got any take-home messages for them? Well, I think just to continue on really from what Sally said, firstly, know your risk. So get your risk assessed. You know, every individual has different risk factors and it's important to get that risk assessment. So number one, know your risk. Number two, know that heart disease is preventable. So even if you've, you're currently undergoing treatment for cancer, make some changes. Try and be as physically active as possible. Um, make some changes in your diet. Eat, eat some more veggies. Reduce takeout food. Make some simple changes. Those things make a difference. And three, listen to your body. So be aware of the symptoms of heart disease. And if in doubt, check it out. So if you experience anything that doesn't feel right for you, shortness of breath. And obviously it's difficult if you're currently undergoing chemotherapy, but if you, know, you really need to tune in to how you're feeling and if something doesn't feel right, you don't feel well, get it checked out. Thanks so much, Amanda. Just sage advice for everyone there on heart health and women and for women who have cancer and their risk of heart disease. So today I've been speaking on this podcast with Dr. Amanda Maguire from Griffith University and Professor Sally Inglis from the University of Technology, Sydney. I think you'll agree with me, it's such a privilege to be able to speak to these two amazing women researchers. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to produce in the future. Thank you so much, Amanda and Sally, for being part of our Women's Wellness Research Collaborative podcast today. Thanks, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. You've been listening to Women's Wellness Podcasts from the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative. You can find us at wellnessresearch.org.au.